dead. He's alive and well. He's our hope, our faith, the reason that we live, the reason that we sing. And this morning also, as Tim was talking this morning about uh, at the beginning, uh, Tim and I did not combine to have the matching complementing ties with each other this morning. So it just worked out that way. That was the question, one of the questions they asked and also about this also this morning. But God be praised. God is alive. God is well. And he is working in our lives, each and every one of us that are here. You know, one of the greatest thoughts and one of our greatest moments in our lives is the moment when we realized who Jesus is and what he has done for us. And how he's lived in our lives and how he's always been close to us, even if we didn't recognize it. And even if we didn't know that fact. And this morning I want us to think about that a little bit. Now we think about Jesus. When he was suffered on that cross for our sins and when he was buried. As the gospel says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says, according to the scriptures, he died on the cross, was buried. And then he raised again on the third day, according to the scriptures. Appeared to Peter, appeared to the apostles, to 500 people and last of all to Paul. And all of these people were filled with hope, were filled with great courage to go and preach the gospel of God. And then Jesus, when he gets to Thomas, and Thomas says, I'm not going to believe unless I see. And when Jesus appears to him, he says, my Lord and my God, he understand who Jesus was, that Jesus was Lord and that Jesus was God. And then Jesus says, what? Greater are those, more blessed are those who don't see and believe. And that counts all of us who are here today who believe through God's word that Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. We believe he rose from the dead. We believe he's living. We believe he lives through us, through his spirit each and every moment. But I want us to go back and think about the disciples and think of what was happening in that time when Jesus was dead. They were gathered together. The women went there for early in the morning. The body of Jesus wasn't there. Sunday's coming, as I read a few sermons ago. I won't read that this morning. But Sunday's coming, and Sunday came. The Jesus goes there. The women go there, and he's not there. They say he's risen from the dead. The gardener there, and it's Jesus. They go back and say, Jesus has raised from the dead. Peter and John run to the tomb. Look in. One goes in. John goes in. And then they see the tomb clothes that are there. Jesus raised from the dead. But with all of this going on, there was still a lot of disbelief. Still a lot of answers that had not yet been, not a lot of questions that had not yet been answered. And even with all of this, they hadn't seen, the, Peter and John hadn't seen Jesus, but it says that John believed, but they still hadn't seen him yet. The women had, but unfortunately, that wasn't sufficient. And so some of the disciples decided, We're going to go on home. We're going to go do our thing. And so we get here in Luke chapter 24, verse 13. And we're going to start reading from here this morning. Luke chapter 24, verse 13 says this. Now that same day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were walking with each other about every... They were walking and talking and telling each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came upon, came up and walked among them with, along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, the faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things? Jesus of Nazareth, he, gave, he was a powerful prophet in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be ex- sentenced to death and they crucified him. But he had, had hoped, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. 
And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some women women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Now I want us to think about that this morning. Remember Jesus has risen. The women have gone there. They have told. They're happy. They're excited. The men go there. But yet they still haven't seen Jesus. And they're still doubting. Has he really raised from the dead? They're talking about discussing the things that's been going on. But look at their demeanor. What has happened to him when they think that their hope of Jesus being raised from the dead was gone? That he truly was not the king of kings or lord of lords in their minds. He was just another good prophet. Look what it says. It says they went on their way discussing these things. And Jesus appears to them, hiding his true who he is. And it says they stood still, their faces downcast. Now, I don't know about you. Don't you about me. But sometimes we face hard times in our lives, right? All of us face hard times in our lives. When we think there's no hope. We don't know what's going on. We don't understand why things are happening. Sometimes we may feel like these two men walking to Emmaus. Maybe we feel perplexed. Lord God, confused. I don't understand what's going on. Why am I suffering with this physical pain, this emotional pain, this spiritual pain? What's going on? What has happened to me to allow this to happen, Lord? And these things in our lives also. But look at the way the men were. They were downcast. They were sad. They were thinking all that Jesus was supposed to be and who he was. We had such hope, but he wasn't. And so they were downcast. They were saddened. They were without hope. And you know what? Sometimes it's hard to find the good in anything, isn't it? When we're so down and so sad cast and we're facing hard times. Even... When we understand and know the solution so many times, but because of the things that happen that get us so hard, bring us down to those hard times so much, we forget this great and awesome Lord that we have. We forget this great King Jesus that we call in our lives. And sometimes we begin to walk away sad or disheartened because we start focusing on the things and we start to think, is this Jesus really the Jesus, the son of God who I said I give my life to? With all the joy, with all the peace and the patience that comes in him. But I'm not feeling joy. I'm not feeling peace. I'm not feeling patience. Lord God, what is happening? I'm perplexed. I don't understand. Help me, Lord. And sometimes we walk in the direction of no hope. And we don't want to walk in the direction of no hope. Amen. We want to walk in the direction of hope. And you know what? It's great to see and we can start to understand here as we look at these verses right here. We have to understand, we have to stop and smell the roses, right? Sometimes we got so many things going on in our lives, so many things happening, that we don't stop to smell the roses. Hey, it's springtime, isn't it? All these flowers are coming out. Hey, you know what? Some people saw, they said, saw some pictures of me. That's right. If I'm driving along and I see something, oh, I want to take a picture of that, I'll pull the car over and take a picture of it, okay? Now, my, Jude doesn't like that sometimes. Mark, let's go. No, but I'll stop. And I'll take that picture. And not only that, when I take the picture, I just like to take a picture of the thing. 
But Jesus says, no, Mark, I like to have a person in that picture. So you go ahead there and you be in that picture. I go, okay, I'll do it. Okay, so it's kind of a equal off for both of us there, okay? But to stop and smell the roses, or have you ever heard that phrase, you can't see the forest because of the trees? All the things that had been happening in their lives, they, they understood these things. And they even understood that Jesus said that on the third day something was going to happen. But look at it. Think about it. They were waiting for Jesus to raise from the dead. They were looking for it. Three days. And look what those three days got them. At the end of the three days, the women came and said, his body's not there. Then Peter and John went there. He's not there. And not one of them thought he's risen from the dead. Hard times make us not think of the very thing that we should be thinking of. The very thing that's right before our eyes is Jesus. And Jesus is saying, here I am. You remember the the parable of the, the prodigal son? The son got to the point, whoa. What am I doing in this situation? I'm in a hard time right now. I'm going to go back to my father and work as one of his laborers. They get treated well, but I'm not going to be able to be a son anymore. He was perplexed. He, could, he felt he understood where he was. And then he said, I've got, got to go back to my father. But when he went back to his father, did his father just receive him as a laborer? No, he received him as a son. And he said, let's go get that fattened calf ready. Let's have a good old barbecue today, okay? Okay? Let's have a good moment. Let's celebrate. For this son of mine was lost and now he's found. These men walk into Emmaus. Waiting with, along with the other disciples. At this moment, perplexed, confused, saddened, and downcast. And I'm just saying that sometimes we feel like that as well. But I want you to know, and that we need to know, that Jesus is not far from any of us. Amen? If you know of anybody, or if you feel like yourself, you've walked away and said, where is this Jesus? He's not far. In fact, sometimes he's right in front of us. If we allow ourselves to open up to him. But look what it says here. Who appears to him? It's Jesus, but it's hidden from them. And as Jesus is there in chapter 24, verse 25, Jesus is kind of saying to them, even though they don't understand he's Jesus yet. Okay, now, you just said... That this Jesus died, he was a prophet of God, he was of Nazareth, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people, he was crucified, they didn't find his body, these women came back, and then Jesus says this here in verse 25, he said to them, how foolish are you, and how slow to believe all the prophets that have spoken, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his glory, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Now, I'll tell you what, that would have been a great Bible study to be in, right? God, Jesus, sit right beside me and show me all of these scriptures that pertain to you and how you are the Christ, the Son of God. And you think of Psalm 22 when it talks about Jesus on the cross. And you think of Isaiah 51 talking about the, the lamb that was slain before the beginning of time. And you think of all the verses saying, the Prince of Peace, Mighty God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, all of these prophecies, all of these things talking about this Jesus who is to come. And Jesus says, how foolish are you? In the sense is, wake up. It's right in front of you. All that you've been looking for, all that this disdain, this, this, this downcastness, this sadness that you have, it can be resolved. The very thing that you know is the very thing that can save you. Jesus is Lord. 
Jesus is the Son of God. He is there for you. And He is there for us. And as it says here in these verses here, looking there, He's asked these questions. And that question is, is, are we going to invite Jesus into our lives as well? But look what it says here in 1 Peter chapter 1, when God is talking about the prophets. They searched and examined with the greatest care to understand the times and circumstances that the Christ, the Messiah, would come. That the, glo- the, the suffering that would come and the glory that would follow. And it says that they were not preaching to themselves then at that time, but preaching to all of you who have preached, heard the gospel through those who have preached the gospel through the Holy Spirit of God. Can you imagine? All of God's word, all of this word is meant for Wanda. It's meant for Wari. It's meant for Ben. It's meant for each and every single one of us. The prophets said, I want to look at it. Examine the suffering that would come. And the joy that would follow. And Jesus is telling them, this is what you know. This is what you grew up understanding from the prophets that the Messiah would come. And that he would, yes, die. Yes, he would raise again from the dead. But not only that, look what we see here as we start this happening. He says, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly. Stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. They invited Jesus to stay with them. He could have gone on. Just like when Jesus was going across the water. Remember? Peter and the disciples were in the boat. He was just going to go over to the other side. But they called him over. And so now they're calling Jesus over here. And so what are we thinking when we see these things? First of all, remember that we face hard times in our lives. Okay? But when we face these hard times in our lives, Jesus wants to reveal himself to us. Now, at first, we may not realize it and we may not see it because he's going to reveal himself through us. All of us, as we preach and teach the gospel of God to others, we are called to be ambassadors. We are called to be representatives of Christ Jesus, our Lord each and every day of our lives. And so when we start to talk to people about Jesus, when they're going through hard times, we want to give them hope. We want them to say, hey, wake up and look at what Jesus, look what God has done for you. The good news of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. One person said one time, who uh, uh, and you know, were studying with somebody, they said, if I don't see a light go on, then I'm not going to believe all this about the gospel. So they went over to the switch and said, the, the light just turned on. Now get to the gospel. Okay? The gospel's clear. Jesus died, was buried, and raised again on the third day. He died because of my sin, because of our sins. Okay? We don't want to complicate that. That's what he died for. For us. To give us the hope of eternal life. But sometimes, and I understand sometimes... All of us go through hard times. And sometimes we lose focus of who this Jesus is and what he's done in our lives to the point that we think, where is he? But yet he's not far from any of us, as the word of God says. But Jesus is near us. Jesus wants to reveal himself. And I want us to look and see what's going to happen now that they've invited Jesus into their house to stay for a little bit longer, into the place where they are. In verse 30, it says, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. 
They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they danced and there they found, found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two could, told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. You know what? A great and awesome thought. Jesus, before he died, remember what he did with his disciples? They sat together. He broke the bread with them, saying, This bread, do in remembrance of me. This cup, do in remembrance of me of the blood. He broke bread with them, not only there, but other times in his life. When he broke bread before them, Jesus was there. And when they saw this act of what Jesus was doing, it says that it was open to them that that was Jesus. You know what? May we be able to have the remembrance to recognize Jesus through people in our lives. May we be able to see Jesus in the lives of people to the extent that, whoa, Jesus, you are working through Tim. You are working through the teens. You are working through the seniors. Jesus, you are working through each and every person. Jesus, help me to see you and recognize you by the people who are in Christ so that I may know who you are. And Lord God, as I come to your word and I see who you are and I recognize who you are, as it says here, as they broke the bread to get Together they recognized him, and what happened? Jesus disappeared from their sight. But now I want to ask the question that's really hard, the best question ever. Hard times, very hard times, to the point where they couldn't recognize that Jesus was walking with them. But Jesus is with us even when we may not recognize it. But recognizing that Jesus is with us can transform our sadness into joy. Amen. He can take our burdens all away as we sing to a brighter day. Okay? I'm not going to sing as you always know that. Don't worry. We'll leave that to Tim this morning. But Jesus, in these verses here, what's he wanting to say to Mark why? Okay? Man, Mark, I loved you. I loved you from the time you were born. I loved you with the family that you were given. And, And you know what? Sometimes things may not have gone the way you thought. Sometimes things didn't go the way they should have. But through all of those things, I want you to know that I've been with you. I've seen your tender mercy, your care, Lord, each and every moment. God saying, Mark, open up your eyes. Why are you going through this hard time alone? Why are you allowing yourself to be sad, disappointed at things of this life and things that had happened? Because, Mark, I want you to know that I'm real, that I really did give my son, that you may have eternal life. And, Mark, when you give your life to him, share it with others. Turn that sadness into joy. Now, a lot of you may not believe this, but I was a very shy person. and would not talk in front of anybody, okay? Especially if it was a girl walking by back then, okay? (laughs) I couldn't even look up. I had to walk like this all the time, okay, with my head down, okay? Very shy. God turned that around. He said, God, God appeared to me through a friend named Daniel. God appeared to me through Christ, his representative here on this disciple of Christ, Jonathan Delk, who taught me the word of God. And when he asked that question, the greatest question that was ever asked to me when I, when I was saying, I'm okay, Jesus loves me. Then he said, 
So Jesus didn't have to die on the cross for you. I was, I was saying, I'm good enough. Oh, I'm not good enough. Falling on hard times? No, I'm not good enough. I have to go to the point to say, yes, I am a sinner. Yes, I've done wrong. Oh, Lord God, have mercy on me. And God said, you know what, Mark? Wake up. You've been studying the word of God. You've been seeing that my mercy is real. You've been seeing that my justness, my judgment is real and it's coming. But Mark, I want you to know that I love you. And now I hope you can open your eyes that you may see Jesus in your life, the true Jesus. That was in those people's lives, working in their lives, so that you may see Jesus. You know what one of the greatest things it is that we can do as our lives to know is when people see us as representatives of Christ... We don't want them to see us. We want them to see Jesus. Amen. And when they see Jesus and when people see Jesus in our lives, Jesus is going to reach to them. We don't recognize Jesus perhaps at that moment in their lives. We don't recognize what he's been doing through them. But when we do recognize, oh, Jesus, you have been working through these people to allow me to know who you are. Oh, wow. Oh, God, you know what? I'm fired up. Fired up. Because now I understand, Lord, that I have a reason to live. Now I understand, Lord, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And Lord God, yes, I'm going to have hard times in the future. Lord God, things are going to be happening in my life that I'm not going to understand. And I may still be dazed and and confused and perplexed. All this until until today, Lord. But today I know the difference. Today I know that even when I don't understand, you are my God. You are my Lord. And I am comfortable in that, Lord. And I find strength in that. Look what it says in Psalm 22 when it's talking about Jesus, when we hear about Jesus on the cross. In Psalm 22, this is what he says. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Or so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. But yet, look at Jesus at that moment. Yet, you are in the enthroned one, as the enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In your ancestors, in you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted you and delivered them. To you, they cried out and were saved. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. They say him, let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you even at my father's mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you from my mother's womb. You have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. Jesus, when he was in the garden, was praying, Lord God, not my will but yours be done. And Jesus had to remember who his father was. And he said, not my will but yours be done. And Jesus, even at that moment when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When he goes back to here, he's thinking about that. And perhaps we've thought about in our lives, my God, my God, where are you at this moment? And we want to have the thoughts of Jesus. Okay, Lord, I'm going through this. But you made me trust in you, even at my brother's best. From birth, I was cast on you. 
From my mother's womb you have been, my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is there, as there is no one to help. On the third day, Jesus raised from the dead. On the third day, all the prophecies of Moses and the law were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And Jesus now stands as the Son of God, that at the name of, at the name of Jesus, every tongue shall confess and knee bow that Jesus is Lord. Salvation is found no, in no one else, only in, Lord, in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus, when he felt that moment, came to his Father. This morning, God the Father is saying to you and to us, Dazed and confused? Okay. Come to me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, first of all, i got this plan. Now I'm going to send my son Jesus. And all of the prophets and all of God's words are going to attest to who he is. And he's going to give his life for all of you. And then God says, after I send Jesus, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send his disciples. And his disciples are going to go and preach the gospel to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of this age, even to to the end of this world. And Jesus is saying to us today, are you dazed and confused? Okay, God is saying, I'm sending Tim to you. God is saying, "I'm, I'm sending someone in Christ to you to talk about Jesus Christ. And I hope and I pray that when you talk to that person, that they're going to see Christ Jesus in your lives. And when they do, may not, maybe know, they may not recognize Jesus in your life yet, they will start to question and say, why does he or she do the things they do? And then you will have the opportunity to tell them, it's all about Jesus. And I want you to look to Jesus. Because if you're going through a hard time, if you want your sadness to be made into joy, Look to Jesus Christ. We talked about it a little bit this morning in our Bible class. That our sadness will be turned into joy. It's only through Christ Jesus that our sadness can be turned into joy. It says in Hebrews chapter 12 that we look to the author and perfecter of our faith. Jesus Christ. He who endured the cross, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So that you may not grow weary and lose heart. If you're here this morning and you think you felt like you've grown weary... Or lost heart. Jesus is saying, look to me. And he's calling us all, all of us, to look to Jesus when we're growing weary and losing heart. Maybe as just these two men from Emmaus had felt. But in the end, Jesus came to him. Says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord and God will exalt you in his time. Flee from the... Resist the devil and the God will come near to you. This morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus has risen from the dead. He appeared on that road to Emmaus to turn sadness into great joy. And for them to want to go back and say, I want to be a part of it. This morning, if you're not in Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to know and understand God's love for you. He loved you. And God perhaps has put people in your life to lead you to the way, to lead you to the point this morning to thinking, who is Jesus? You know what? I know one of the things. I may have not grown up going to church or anything at that time in my life. But I knew one thing. Every time I picked up this book, I said, God, there's got to be something in here. Because I, 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 I see people talking about it. I see people living it. Lord, 
When I woke up that morning, show me. Show me from your word who you are. And God revealed himself to me. I want God to reveal himself to you through, through, through those who love you, through those who are in Christ. If you are in Christ, and perhaps you thought, I've lost my way, Jesus is calling you, and he's saying, come back to me. But this morning, above all, I want you to know that our hope and our joy is in heaven. Man, Paul said it. To live is Christ, to die is gain. What can man win? If he gains everything under this world, yet forfeits his soul, Jesus says. Jesus says, I raise for you. I love you. If you think I'm way beyond, too far to be saved, you're not. Jesus rose from the dead to give us all hope, to give us all belief, and give us the opportunity to come him. But I want more of all than anything else this morning. If you're not in Christ, I want your sadness of maybe thinking there's nothing else of this life to be turned into joy, to think there's everything to live for this life and what's to come is better by far. Let's stand at this moment as we begin to sing this song. And when we get ready to sing this song, Jesus is imploring this morning. Why keep Jesus waiting? Waiting. Uh, <laughs> waiting in the cold. He will, he will bear you gently. Gently to his fold. Man, Jesus loves you. Jesus raised from the dead so that you may have eternal life in Christ Jesus. If your road to Emmaus this day has been physical pain, emotional pain, or spiritual pain, and you've been feeling sadness, and you want to come back to Jesus today, we want you to come back to him and have the joy that surpasses all knowledge and understanding. Come as we stand and sing this morning. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.